book of 1 John chapter 2. We're continuing on the passage that we started last week, and we're continuing in our series on the uh, marks of spiritual growth. That is, if we have come to Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and sin, and now we've been made alive. And if we are alive, then there must be growth. If there is not growth in our lives, then there is something wrong. And so we're looking at the standards. You know, when, when your child was born, they, there was different standards. And they would say, well, your child's in the 90th percentile in this or the 80th percentile in this. And, 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 and those things would, they would keep measuring those things to know that your child is growing. And so it, it's the same with us. There are standards by which we can look at ourselves and see, am I really growing in the Lord? And we said, first of all, that the first standard is love. And, uh, and we're coming back to that again today, but the first standard is love. And we begin, first of all, with our love for God, that we should see, if I'm growing spiritually, then my love for God should be increasing. And then, if... Uh, uh, then if my, if my love for God is not increasing, then there is something wrong. But I also have to love one another. And so uh, it's not only my love for God, but my love for each other. And then we said the second standard is our learning. Am I desiring the Word of God more and more? And then not only that, do I desire to study the Word of God with my brothers and sisters in Christ? And last week, we looked at a life of obedience. I can know I'm growing if I'm obedient to the Word of God, if I'm doing what it says. Now, this morning, uh, we're going to continue in 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to see that, that John is going to take, he's going to be, he begins with all the commandments, and then he's going to focus in on one. And he's going to say, listen, you know you're growing, you know you're in Christ if you live a life of love. Now, we have to be very careful here because it's easy for us to say, oh yes, I love, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's easy for us to say that, but it's actually more difficult to live it. This morning, I want us to see what it really means to love one another and to live a life of love. So, 1 John chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 7. Would you stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment. But an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. 
Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Father, as we take a few moments to understand this passage of Scripture, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will convict us and convince us of the truth that we can really know that we are in the light because of our love for one another. Help our love to be a reflection of your love for us. Help it to serve as a standard whereby we can measure ourselves today. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I ask this in and through the name of my Savior, Jesus. Amen. Last week we said that John said, you know, John was telling us we, we must, if we are truly his, then we will obey his commandments. And now he's going to focus in on one commandment. It's the most important commandment. It's one he says is not a new commandment. It's an old commandment. And it's old because it's, it's what God had said from the very beginning. And it's to love our neighbor and to love one another. It's old because Jesus said, you know, if you want to sum, when he was asked, how do you, how, how do you read the law? How, how do you sum up the whole law? Jesus said what? The greatest is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments is summed up in those two. The, the first four commandments all deal with our love for God, and, and, and the next six commandments deal with our love for one another. If I, if, if I really love my neighbor, then first of all, I'm going to honor those who are closest to me. I'm going to honor my parents. If I love my neighbor, then I'm not going to steal from them. If I love my neighbor, I'm not going to kill them. And Jesus goes on and reminds us that that, that has more to do with the attitude of your heart than it does the actual physical killing, killing them, that if you love your neighbor, you're, you're not going to hold them in contempt and you're not going to think bad thoughts about them. And, and, and he, says, he says, not only that, if you're, 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 not going to, you're not going to lie to them and you're not going to covet from them. And so it's an old commandment to love, but, but, but it's also something new because there is a new quality to that love. And John says it's new because the, because the light is already shining. It's, it, it's, it's new because Jesus, who is the light of the world, has come into the world. And, and he has said something new about that love. And he says this, what? 
that you should love one another as what? As I have loved you. It's old because we, we, it's, it's what the law really said, but it's new because now there's this new quality to our love that we must have for one another, and that is our love for each other should be a reflection of Christ's love for us. And that's where it gets difficult. Because it's easy not to do things. It's easy not to steal. It's easy not to lie. It's, not, it's easy not to bear false witness. It becomes difficult to love people the way Jesus loved me because the quality of that love is so much greater. So if you ask the question, well, how does, how does Jesus love me? Then I would begin by thinking, well, Jesus' love for me is merciful. His love for me is merciful. You see, I am obeying the commandment to love one another. And so if I'm going to obey that commandment, if I'm going to obey that commandment and love you the way Jesus loves me, then my love for you, first of all, should come from a, a heart of grace and mercy. Jesus did not wait for me to deserve his love in order for me to receive it. How often do we wait for people to deserve our love before we're willing to give it? We will wait for people to, uh, we will wait for people to act the way they're supposed to act before we will demonstrate the love that we need to demonstrate to them. That's how the world loves. We wait for people to be in our in crowd before we, and let's be honest, we all have an in crowd. There are people, they are people who look like us and act like us and believe like us. But our love must cross all those barriers. This is why I said this is a hard message. Because it's easy for me to love you the way the world loves you, love, loves. It's easy to, to wait till, till you deserve my love for you. It's hard to love people who don't deserve love. And yet, this is what John is saying to us. It's a new commandment. This is how I'm called to love you. And the only way I can do that is to be in Christ because it is only by His power and by His Spirit that I am able to love people the way I'm supposed to, to love them mercifully. If I think about Jesus' love for me, I also know that when Jesus loves me, his love is an action that is always beneficial towards me. 
His love is always beneficial. It always benefits me. How does the world love? The world loves this way. I love you for what you can do for me. My love is to be a love not for anything it does for me, but solely for what it does for you. My love for you must always do what is best for you, even when it's not beneficial to me. To love one another, that command occurs 16 times in the Scriptures. The New Testament. But then the New Testament fleshes that out to help us to see what that looks like. Paul says in Romans 12:10, if I love one, if I love you, then what? I must be devoted to you. He says, be devoted to one another. Don't be devoted to myself and my needs, but be devoted to you. Honor one another above yourselves, the scriptures say. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Consider others better than yourself. Look to the interest of one another. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Stir up one another to love and good works. Show hospitality to one another. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Pray for one another. You hear all that that entails to really love one another. It is always about doing something for the benefit of them, not for yourself. It's to give them what they need. is love and if I think about how I'm to love one another I, I'm doing things for your benefit and, and, and everything that I can and I am thinking less of myself and more of you because ultimately if I love you the way Jesus loves me then I understand that Jesus' love is sacrificial it cost him to love us how can you say you love one another when it costs you nothing? And ultimately, what it should cost us to love one another is that our love for each other should reflect that I have died to myself. Died to my wants, died to my desires, died to, to my hurt feelings sometimes. Because guess what? We're going to hurt each other's feelings. 
but is it not enough? It ha- but shouldn't we be able to die to our hurt feelings in order to forgive one another and to live at peace with them and to give them what they need rather than worrying about my own hurt feelings? What kind of love does this look like? Watchman Nee tells the story of a Chinese brother who he once knew in China. And he said that uh, this Christian was a rice farmer and his fields lay high on a mountain and every day he had to get up and he had to pump water into his rice fields. And as soon as he was done, he, and realized, he, as soon as he was done doing all that hard work, he would go back up <coughs> to the rice paddies and see them drained because his neighbor who lived down the mountain from him would take the dikes out of his rice and so that all the water that he had pumped into his field went into his neighbors. This Christian just kept doing, kept letting it go, but you know, he knew that, man, if I if I keep on this way, if I keep on letting him do this, my rice will be ruined. It won't and I won't have enough for my family, and I won't have enough to live on. So he prayed about it and talked with other, his other brothers and sisters in Christ, and he came up with the solution. You know what it was? He got up early in the morning, and he pumped water into his neighbor's field before he pumped water into his. You know what happened? That neighbor came to know Christ. Because of the love that he showed him. John Vianney says this. Love for our neighbor. Love for one another consists of three things. Listen. To desire the greater good of everyone. Love really desires the greater good for someone else. It consists of not only that, it consists of doing what good we can when we can for them. And it it consists of this, listen, to bear, to overlook, and hide other people's faults. That's the kind of love that Jesus has. That's the kind of love that is the sacrificial love of the cross, not the superficial love of the world. And, and John says, you know, that that, that 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 ultimately will become a test of our faith. And so if that really is true, then then I need to examine my life today. Does my love for others reflect that kind of love? Is is my love more concerned about myself, my needs, my feelings, or is it really more concerned about theirs? 
Am I waiting for people to deserve my love, or am I willing to give it even when they don't deserve it? Because what does Jesus say? He says what? Love your enemies. How do we do that? So Jesus showed us the way. He said what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Are we willing to forgive people who have hurt us? And, and cover, you know, what does the Bible say? Love covers a multitude of sins. So that I can do good to them even though they have hurt me. Am I doing that? Am I living that out? Am I living that kind of sacrificial love? Because that, that, that's the test. John says, you know, that, that kind of love gives me security. Look at what he says, verse 10. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. I can know that my faith is secure, that my faith is genuine, and it's growing if, 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 if I know that I'm living in the light by how I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And notice something, John begins in the family of God. Why? He says, he said, look, look at whoever loves his brother. We, he's not talking about loving the world. He's talking about loving our brothers. Why? Because if we can't learn to love like this with each other, there's no way we're going to be able to love like that to the people in this world. He says, listen, he says, anyone who hates his brother is in darkness. Now, there's no middle ground for John here. But I want you to understand something, that, that, that just as, I, as we said last week, that, that it's not that snapshot of our life, it's not that one-time picture of our life, but it's the trajectory of our life. Is the trajectory of our life towards obedience? And so he's saying here, listen, is the trajectory of our lives towards loving one another? Is it a continuous action? Are, are, are we continuing to have this kind of love for one another? Are we growing in this love for one another? If, I, if my love is growing and, and, and this sacrificial, merciful, uh, beneficial love that I'm giving to other people, if that's the trajectory of my life and I'm growing, then I can know that I'm in the light. But if I don't have this kind of love, there's something wrong. And there's one of two things that could be wrong. Number one, it could be at this very moment, at the snapshot of your life, if we took it and looked at your life right now and you don't see that kind of love, it could be right now, first of all, because you're, not, you're in sin right now. You probably have some bitterness and anger towards somebody that you need to get rid of, and the only way to get rid of it is to forgive them. Or, listen, John says, or if the trajectory of your life is not towards love and you don't have this kind of growing love for one another, the problem could be that you don't really know Jesus at all. That you're really in darkness. 
Why can I say? Because he says what? He'll say later. How can you say you love God who you can't see if you can't even love your brother who you do see? And so when we measure ourselves by this standard, when we look at ourselves by this standard, I need to see if I am growing in this type of love, this love that is beneficial, this love that is sacrificial, this love that is merciful, not just saying I love you, but actually living it. And if I'm, grow, if I'm growing in that thing, I, John says, that gives me stability. I know I'm in the light. That gives me security. I know I'm in the light. And if not, there's something wrong. And then he tells us what? My love for one another gives me stability. It not only gives me security, it gives me stability. Look at what he says. Verse 10. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Now that can be taken two ways. And I believe both ways are possible. It could be that the first is when I love my brothers, when I, when I have this kind of love, I will not stumble. When I walk in love, when I walk in obedience, I know I'm walking in the light and, 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 and I know I'm not going to stumble. Here's how I know I won't stumble. Listen. A lot of times, what, what do we do? We, we search for direction. What should I do? And listen, when, we, when we're searching for what we do, we, we should do, we should ask ourselves this question. What is the best way for me to demonstrate love in this situation? If the attitude of your heart is always, what is the best way for me to show love to this person? You're not going to stumble. Now, the best way to show them love may be difficult. The best way to show them love may be that, that, that I need to forgive them. The best way that I need to show them love may be that I, I need to overlook some things in their life that just sort of grate on my, grate on my nerves, you know. Best thing I can do for them right now is to encourage them. Now, with a lost person, we know the greatest need that they have is Jesus. But to get there, we, we may have to meet other needs. And if you remember, one of the things I've shared with you over and over again is <clears throat> there are certain things that go on in people's lives that automatically, automatically create a bridge by which we can share Jesus with them. Remember what they were? What People die. You have people that you work with, you have people that you go to school with, you have, you have people out in the world, and guess what? If you're involved in their lives, somebody in their family will die. And that's a perfect opportunity to go to them. Why? Because... When people, when people experience grief and loss, the world says, I don't really know what to say, and I don't really know what to do, so we back off. But the Christian says what? 
I have hope for them. So I'm going to go to the, hey, listen, I just want you to know, I'm praying for you. And you have that bridge. What else? Remember, people die. Health fades. You know, something always goes wrong with our health. And, and, and in those moments, the world backs away because we don't, we don't know what to do. What to, but a Christian should be headed straight toward it and say, listen, what can I do to help you? Relationships struggle. And things break. And in those crises of life, we as Christians can go to people in those crises and meet a need and share Jesus. And so I won't stumble because my heart is always this. How can I demonstrate the love of Jesus in their life in this situation? If that's the attitude of your heart, if that's the desire of your heart, you're going to do the right thing. And you're not going to stumble. But it could also mean that if, if I'm walking in the light and I'm walking in love, then I'm not going to cause other people to stumble. I'm not going to be a stumbling block to other people. I'm not going to, because I love them, I'm going to do everything I can to make their path clear to Jesus. I think it was Gandhi who said that he would come to Jesus, to Christ, if it wasn't for Christians. And listen, too often, how we live and what we do is a stumbling block for people to come to Jesus. I know and you know we should never judge a book by its cover, and we should never judge Christ by our lives because we're imperfect. But we should never use that as an excuse. We should say, listen, I love people enough that I'm going to live a life that I do not want anybody to stumble coming to Jesus. And if my life is a life of love, they're not going to stumble over me. And so it gives us stability. So let's measure ourselves. Look at the love you display right now. What do you see? How are you loving those within the body of Christ right now? You know, is your attitude this? You know, this, is, this is what I've heard a lot of times. From Christians. Uh, well, the Bible says I got to love them. That don't mean I got to like them. Do you hear what that says? That says I'm more concerned about me 
than I am them. And that's not the love of Jesus. So we have to examine ourselves. What does my love look like towards my brothers and sisters in Christ? I'm not going to get out to the world yet. Because until we get it straight here, it doesn't matter. So I have to look at myself. Look at right now, at this moment, what does my love look like for my brothers and sisters in Christ? Am I holding grudges? Am I withholding anything? Am I pushing myself away from them because I don't like what they do or what they did? Or am I pushing in and leaning in saying, I'm going to overlook my own feelings. And I'm going to choose to forgive and I'm going to choose to give them what's best for them. Because that's the standard. And until we do that, listen, and until we do that, I, I'm going to tell you, our, it doesn't matter how often you come to church, how often you read the Bible, until you, until you get it right with your brothers and sisters in Christ, it means absolutely nothing. Jesus said what? He said, if you come to church and there you realize your brother has something against you, he doesn't say, if you have something against them. If you know right now that somebody has something against you, then you go to them and you deal with that before you even come and worship me. That's how serious he is about this. And until you do that, your relationship with God is not going to be right. So we need to learn truly love one another.